Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Right today we have a very interesting business um, joining us. This is a one that's definitely unique to the Des Moines area, and you may have heard of it and may be wondering exactly what they do. I have with me today John Michelson, who is the founding partner, um, one of the managing partners here at Midwest Growth Partners, and he is one that started this business in 2014, and we are very happy to have him with us today. Thank you, John, for joining. Thanks for having me. Yes. If you could, um, please just give us a little bit of information about exactly what you do here. Yeah, so uh, Midwest Growth Partners is a, is a private equity fund, so we manage uh, capital for institutions and individuals and uh, use that capital to purchase uh, privately held businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, it's unique, as you mentioned, because we are in Iowa and we're not in New York, but uh, we view that as a, as a competitive advantage for us and uh, do business a little bit differently than, than it's done on the coast. And um, that resonates with, with business owners. And so that, uh, they, they like to do business with, with, with folks from Iowa. And so we use that to our advantage as much as we can. And, um, you know, so that, that, that gives us an opportunity to, to see some businesses that we might not otherwise get to see. Yeah, it's definitely a different audience than a lot of who we're talking to because the people that you guys interact with are directly the other businesses opposed to some local um, just consumers. But you do work with a lot of businesses and some of them local. How many businesses do you work with and what is the typical market of, of those businesses? Are you looking for a specific area? Sure. So uh, right now we own uh, or invested in uh, 13 businesses. Um, and so uh, that's a very diverse group, um, but primarily they are serving uh, the food and ag industries and then the, the supporting businesses that support food and ag. Um, so their consumers maybe ultimately is uh, someone that's consuming food, but uh, they might be making a piece of equipment that goes into harvesting nuts, for instance. Um, so it is, it is relatively diverse. Um, and, uh, but we look at uh, about 350 investment opportunities per year and do, you know, two or three or four of them. And so uh, we do get, uh, we kind of get a mile wide and an inch deep on looking at businesses and get to see all different, all different kinds of things, how people figured out a way to make money. And uh, it's really fun to get to meet people and, and spend time with them and develop relationships and, and to get to do that uh, literally hundreds of times a year. That is super interesting. I get to talk to lots of business owners too, and I really enjoy that and the creative things that they've come up with as ways to make money. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting what people are able to come up with and create a niche in. Um, in doing so and making yourself successful with those 13 businesses you're working with now and what you're looking for going forward and how you're able to you know, create that success for a business and then eventually sell it off, what are the key things that are that you're looking for in general? Um, what are you able to help with too? Sure. So um, 
you know, obviously we look at stuff like the market that the, the company's in and the, the profitability and the margins that it has. All those things are important, obviously. But, um, you know, really it does ultimately come down to people. So this is sort of like a marriage where, I mean, you're going into partnership with the executive team there. Uh, many times they remain an owner of part of the business. So they are literally partners with us. Um, and so really making sure that that chemistry is correct, that their values are the same as ours, that, uh, you know, business doesn't always uh, have good days. There's good and bad days and we know that's going to happen. And so we want to make sure that when those bad days come that we can, um, you know, fight through it together and, and, and pick each other up and help each other out. And so uh, we spend a lot of time before we close on the investment, just, uh, just really culture check and chemistry check with the, the folks that we're going to be working closely with. That's, that's definitely the most important thing for us. That makes sense that that would be a super important piece of what you would look for as you know you're you're forming your own culture too and your own office um in addition to that then so um then as you are working with these businesses going forward um on that continuous basis how do those businesses like what do they think of you that makes them think oh yeah we want to pick midwest growth partners that's going to be who we want to work with what makes you guys different sure so um and i think you asked this in your previous question i neglected to answer so oh, sorry about okay. that um but so we definitely i mean obviously we're capital providers but capital yeah. is a bit of a commodity um and so we uh do try to bring value-added you know partnerships to folks and so um so typically many of the businesses that we invest in have um you've been family run for a long time and they've been very successful but oftentimes there's some um, you know, spots that have been underinvested. So for instance, the finance function maybe has been underinvested or the sales function, just because the owner has been able to sort of do that all himself or herself. Um, so if there's an obvious hole, uh, either on the management team or in the systems, um, we get in there and try to plug that right away. A um, couple examples, you know, real time examples that are going on right now. Uh, May take dairy farms, which is a 79 uh, year old uh, artisan cheese manufacturer, Newton, Iowa, um, they've never had an ERP system. And so, uh, so they don't know how much inventory they have in their caves. Uh, they don't know, uh, how long that's been aging. Um, they don't know, uh, you know, where the product is at in, in terms of being out on shelves or in restaurants. Um, and those are all really important facts that like the sales team can use that we can use to, to plan profitability that we can use to, uh, you know, budget for the future years. And so, uh, we have, uh, our folks on site, uh, at Maytag right now working on implementing an ERP system. And so that's a good example of, you know, that's not something super sexy and it's not fun to talk about, but once that tool is in place, it'll, it'll change the, the way that they operate in a positive way. And so we're happy to, to be able to, to, to do things like that for our companies. Sure. That makes a lot of sense that that would be um, the, so a lot of those pieces that aren't super fun and, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe the owner's gotten away with for a long time as they, they are that salesperson or they are that marketing person or um, have all the financing in-house and all of a sudden they get to that point where they can't wear all those hats anymore. So that makes a lot of sense. On the other side of that then, um, because while you're working with all these businesses, you also, and you, they are all technically your employees, but you have your own team that then services all of them. Um, 
you've gotten to a good, pretty good size, um, especially for being in the Midwest in, in this, this market for sure. How do you decide in general when to, when to add, when do you take the next step, all of those things? Because I know um, a lot of other business owners that are listening, that's something that people struggle with is when do you decide that your own team needs to have that addition? Is that something that um, you have, you know, have there been any issues with that in the past? And, you know, how do you, how do you figure out that that's um, the good fit for what you need at the right time? Sure. All those pieces. Yeah, uh, definitely can't ever perfectly predict it. No question about that. But, um, you know, like I mentioned deal flow earlier, so 350 deals a year. So when we got started, that number was closer to 150. And so um, as the opportunities have grown, we've definitely had to add more support for us internally. Um, same thing with, with uh, the 13 businesses I mentioned. Um, we typically have a board seat and are typically pretty active and involved with each one of those businesses. And so, you know, when we had one, um, that was super easy to do, right? But now uh, we can't be in 13 places at once. And so we have had to grow the depth and breadth of our team um, to, to help, uh, you know, help facilitate that. Um, we also um, added an Omaha office this year. Uh, that was uh, in part to to bring on one one because we want to be more active in that market because it's an important market. But then two, um, there's a, a a gentleman over there that had a very specific skill set. Um, actually, he's a, a former principal employee a uh, long time ago. But um, he uh, uh, had a very specific skill set. We'd known him a long time. His his culture and his ethics and his character lined up perfectly with ours, and so. That was a skill set that we knew we needed to add to our team. None of us really had it. And so um, he, he joined in January and has been a, a, a fantastic addition and has taken a lot of, um, a lot of that work that uh, we were doing in terms of compliance and, and investor relations um, and has really taken that and run with it, um, which has been helpful for the rest of the team because then the rest of us can do, can do other things. That's great. That sounds like that's been a really good fit. And... Um it's, it's always good to see businesses that have started, you know, locally and are able to create that growth just naturally and organically like that. And it seems like you guys have really been able to figure that out through time um, and who, who's the right fit, what skill sets to add. Um, on the other side of that, have there been um, any moments in time, which there always are, where, uh, you know, there was some sort of time where there was some real struggle or um, growing pains or um, maybe a really bad decision. One of the, <laughs> one of those, is there anything that stands out to you that's like, oh, we learned a lot from that situation? Uh, <laughs> yeah. How much time do we have? Is this, <laughs> do we have all afternoon? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we're very blessed and, and we're so fortunate and we, we partner with such good people, but uh, for sure, I mean, um, both at our portfolio companies and then also at MGP, um, at sort of the, 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 the fund level, uh, we face, you know, tons of challenges every day. Um, you know, on the portfolio company side, um, I can tell, uh, you know, a quick story. Um, one of our uh, investments is a company in Kansas City. Um, shortly after we invested with them, um, you know, we realized that we had probably underinvested. They probably needed more capital than what we had um, what we'd invested, um, sales were not as strong as they could have been. And so I think that stress created tension in our relationship with our partners down there who were the, the founders. Um, 
And so literally one of the founders and I would drive to a two-toot restaurant in, in Bethany, Missouri, which is approximately halfway between Des Moines and Kansas City, and just meet and just, um, you know, kind of kind of hash it out. And uh, um, it was an ugly time. I mean, there were there was possibility that there could have been litigation. Um, things were not going well financially with our bank. Uh, it was it was really rough. And um, but him and I would just meet, and I'm sure the two toot people were like, "Why are these guys here again?" Um, but just meet and hash it out. And over a period of uh, about about almost a year. Um, you know, we sort of got to a point where we, we uh, came up with a structure that we could kind of fix the cap table with, um, get the bankers happy, and, um, you know, kind of get the company back to focusing on growth and, and not having to worry about uh, capital and relationships and all these things. And so uh, that just took time, and it just took uh, a, a trusted relationship that, that we had developed with that owner. And uh, that was probably probably three years ago now. And I'm happy to report that that company, you know, today is probably one of our best performing companies. So they, um, we got through that, you know, we maintained the uh, positive relationship uh, with that uh, gentleman and, um, you know, now the company's taken off. And so it's great because uh, we're able to celebrate the successes that, that they're having and, and, and vice versa. So. That's great. Yeah, that's <laughs> certainly could have gone a lot of different directions yeah. there. <laughs> it, so. it felt like it was going to on many days, <laughs> believe me. It's good to hear that there's a happy ending to that story and now they're in really good shape. That, that can certainly happen to anyone. So advice for other businesses that may be going through some sort of big struggle in a completely different industry, What what is a tip that you would give them for what to, you know, keep in mind as you're going yeah, through? Yeah, I mean... You sort of just have to grind it out, right? You just, uh, as, as, as a business owner, um, you know, it's very lonely. There's not a lot of, uh, you, you know, ultimately you have to make the decision and the responsibilities ultimately on your shoulders. And if you have employees, then, um, you know, you're responsible for their livelihood and their families and everything. So it's very lonely. And so, you know, there's, there's peer groups that you can seek out with other business owners that I think are, are powerful and help, help with some of that. But but at the end of the day, it, it does come back to the, the owner and they have to make the decision and, and it can be very lonely. And so I think having, um, you know, for me, having a strong faith and, and taking care of myself physically, um, you know, I think that's really important because that uh, helps give me, um, I guess, the, the strength and the fortitude to, to face those tough times because those tough times will come. That's great advice. Great advice. Um, another thing that I know you personally, and I'm sure it's instilled in your business in some way as well, um, is community involvement. What does that mean to you and what have you done or your business done in that, that area? Sure. So, um, so I was on the West Point City Council for seven years. I retired uh, this past December. Um, so yeah, being active and involved in trying to make the place that you are a better place uh, is certainly important to me personally, but it definitely all of our portfolio companies, um, you know, also, uh, adhere to that. And so each one of the companies is in a different community. And so, um, in whatever community that they're in, they're typically active and supportive of local causes. So maybe it's the softball team or maybe it's the library or maybe they're volunteering at a food bank or donate donating product to, to first responders. Um, yeah, that's something that we're definitely supportive of and, um, encourage them to do. And, and they've, 
uh, you know, uh, part of the reason we're partnered with them in the first place is because we share similar values. And so it's sort of just natural for them to do that anyway. And, and we're definitely supportive of it. That's great. Yeah. Community involvement really helps create that, that value in your business in addition to just um, ingraining you in the community for sure. So it's important to to see those values and be able to see that supportive level in, in those other companies as well. The companies that you work with, obviously, um, although they would need to be a good fit, are going to always have certain areas to work on. And you mentioned a couple of those earlier on of, of areas that are commonly what you come in and, and assist different companies with and, and small businesses. To a lot of those smaller businesses that are maybe in similar boats as a lot of the ones that, that you own currently, what is an area that doesn't receive a lot of that focus commonly that is something that they could pretty, you know, almost across the board, this is something that you should spend a little bit more time on to really see yourself hit that next floor or consistency? Sure. So I would say business owners should be thinking about building their business in such a way that they're, that they're mentally planning, uh, that they do not have to be there and that, um, that they're going to sell it the next year. So both those things might not be the case. So both those things, you know, could be out the window, but they should, uh, very intentionally build their business that way because someday, some down the road, uh, when they do want to sell it or when an accident happens, God forbid, or whatever, um, you know, it's going to be time and it will be worth infinitely more um, if like they're not the key important cog in the wheel for the business. And so that's people, that's systems, that's processes. And so sort of try to make it so that your role in the business, if you left for a year, like the business could still continue. Um, so that's really important. And that, that kind of ties into succession planning a little bit. Um, so I would say many business owners, um, get to, uh, they don't consider succession planning. They don't consider what would happen if they weren't there, uh, which is great because they're very impactful on their business, obviously. But in order to build enterprise value, you have to have an enterprise that can continue without the business owner there, if that makes sense. And so that's one area that I think um, they could spend more time uh, improving as, as they're in the business. So work on the business, not in the business as much. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, work working in the business instead of on it is always important, but that, that does certainly make sense. You hear often where, you know, the business owner or even somebody else that's key to that business can't take a vacation because mm -hmm. they, if they step away for a week, their sales may go down or a different mm -hmm. part of their business may not be able to sustain. So that's that, really good advice. And it also limits your growth. If, if every decision has to come across your desk, you know, there's only 24 hours in the day. And so ultimately you become a roadblock. And so ultimately your business is going to stall out in growth. And so if you can find someone or some system or some process that can do the same work, maybe 80% as good as you can do, um, but you're able to delegate out a bunch of stuff, then, then ultimately you're going to get, be able to achieve scale. Um, obviously maybe no one will ever do it hundred percent as good as you can, but, um, and maybe they will, maybe you'll surprise yourself and find out that wow, I really should have given this, <laughs> this task to someone else a long time ago. But um, even if it's almost as good as what you can do, that frees you up to do other stuff, which ultimately you're able to get scale. Yeah, that's great advice. That's something 
I think all business owners um, that I talk to too, that's that's something that can be really important, and it's really hard to sometimes see that while you're while you're right there in it, grinding it out, and it's your your baby of a mm-hmm. business, and trying to make sure everything goes right all the time, and don't want to hand anything off. So that makes a lot of sense. That's really good advice. In addition to that, um, a lot of businesses that are local, um, you're in a very niche area because um, there's not a lot of equity firms, <laughs> certainly in Iowa and the Des Moines area, um, which is again, very interesting. But a lot of businesses are in more of a saturated market where there's just there's a lot of them. There's one on every corner and they're still needed, right? There's still value. They're still helping. What advice do you give to your businesses about um, creating that value in their in their brand and what they do? Um, some of it, I'm sure, goes hand in hand with what their values are in general drive that. What are some key things that that you look for or that can really help that business stand out? Sure. Um, so we're uh, my partners and I are, are relatively young, um, and we uh, you know we consider ourselves to be long term greedy. And when we say that, what we mean is that um, you know we will never take shortcuts or make any decisions in the short term to to you know, make, make a dollar if it, if it, uh, you know, contradicts our values at all, because for us, you know, we're going to be doing this for a long time. And for us, our, our reputation is paramount and that's really all that matters at the end of the day. And so, um, you know, for other business owners, I would just say to take uh, a long view on stuff. And sometimes that means that you're taking, you make a painful decision in the short term that, you know, could really benefit you. But I think ultimately over time, uh, the, the character that uh, you will build up or the reputation that you will build up because of those uh, tough character decisions to make, I think that will more than, more than pay for itself over time. And so that's, that's just, I guess, one, one thing that I would, you know, think, encourage other people to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is certainly very important to um, be able to not take those shortcuts so that that reputation and everything else associated with it isn't isn't cut short in the process as well. So kind of along that same line, we talked a lot about, um, you know, you, you want to have that ability to step away and see things succeed. So with MGP here, at the end of the day, if when you turn the lights off and you're walking away, what what is the goal where you can be like, yep, I things are going really well here or I am, I can walk away for the day and, um, be really confident and fulfilled in what has happened. Sure. I I mean, we've got great people here, so they don't need me, frankly. Um, but we, we, uh, we spend a lot of time on, on, uh, putting the, the best person in the best spot to succeed, not only for themselves, but also for the firm. And so, um, we review that, uh, you know, if, if not quarterly, it's probably a couple times a year. And so, and, and we make changes and we add people and we, you know, there's attrition and, and whatnot. So, uh, so I think, you know, we are practicing what we preach, I guess, internally, which is, which is always good. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think if, if, if anything happened to any one of us, I think that the team could absorb, um, you know, absorb that work and, and especially me. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, when I feel satisfied uh, and happy with kind of uh, things that, that, that we were able to accomplish, I mean, certainly making an impact on, uh, we've got about 1,200 employees uh, at our portfolio companies. And so, um, you know, putting them in a, a, a chance, putting them in an opportunity to succeed 
and having them succeed is 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 great so we we uh we love doing that um we uh have a closing likely today or tomorrow as i mentioned earlier that only happens a couple times a year and so that's always you know fun and something that we celebrate and so that's those are those are big moments um so yeah but um you know ultimately it's just uh we kind of we always say it's you know one day at a time and and uh so i think uh the culture here is that you, you come in put your head down and work work hard and over time that will benefit all of us yeah a, the a really common th thread through all of this is how you know much priority and importance and value there are in, in the people which is which is great not not necessarily just the arbitrary pieces of of the data and all all of that it really uh, speaks volumes that um, you guys are focusing on on the people in in the businesses that you're you're choosing to to partner with and then also in your own team and that you know those things are also celebrated uh, that's that's really um, important and, and good to hear. It makes a really good culture. Uh, so what is next for MGP? You know, you, you've got this really exciting big closing going to happen soon. So I'm sure that that's a really important thing right in front of your face. But but on a longer term trajectory, even, um, you know, a year, five years, 10 years from now, as you gain that tenor in this in this industry, What's next? Yeah. Uh, so we're approximately a quarter of the way into the investment period for our second fund. So not to get too private equity geeky on you here, but uh, generally funds tend to be about 10 years in duration. So generally the first five years you're making investments, the second five years you're, you're selling the investments. Um, and so the idea is that every five years you raise a new fund because that will give you capital to deploy when you're in the middle of harvesting your assets from the previous fund, if that makes sense. And so about every five years, there's a sort of a rolling process that takes place. And so, um, you know, as we look out, we've done two funds and we'd love to do a third one. So that would be sort of the obvious one. The other thing I would say is that, um, you know, uh, we have a lot of great investment partners. Uh, we've built infrastructure here with people and systems and the office and we've got an office in Omaha and stuff. And so I think um, as we continue uh, to be viewed as, uh, you know, a, a high quality alternative uh, asset um, partner uh, in the Midwest um, that has a food and ag, uh, you know, specialty and we're thought leaders. Um, I think we should also look at other ways that we can help service that market. And so maybe it's um, a, a fund that targets earlier stage food and ag investments, for instance, or maybe it's it's managing uh, a separate account on behalf of um, one of our existing LPs, or there's lots of ways that we can go um, because we have the infrastructure built and the the, the reputation built. And so um, those are things we think about and talk about. And, and uh, uh, so nothing in the short term there, but over time, I think that that's that's an avenue that makes sense that we should look at. That sounds very exciting and fun and also complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's really exciting. So yeah, it's really like you've got this this five year crop and then you're able to reinvest that, but then you're able to also take a portion of that and continue to expand and grow. And it's a fun part about being a business owner is getting to figure out where your next avenue is, yeah. where you're going. That's so, right. That's exciting. It's good to hear. I'm glad that uh, Congrats for having, you know, another closing happening here shortly. And thank you. We will 
most definitely keep watching what you guys do and be able to continue to celebrate those successes along the way. Thank you so much, John, for being a part of this with us. We uh, really loved learning about MGP and about you more. And um, I'm very excited to be able to share this with our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.